our ancestors didn't have blenders in the in out in the desert or jungles did they yeah i don't think there were a yeah. lot of people eating kale back no. then <laughs> yeah that's great like i'm building muscle now Hello carnivores and welcome to session number 24. This week we have a very special guest from Australia. Matt Kershaw is a very good friend of mine, a certified Rivero health coach specializing in ancestral nutrition. And when he's not bouldering, free diving or calisthenics training, he helps his clients in his community reverse health issues and metabolic disorders and helps clients to live, train and perform at their best by walking an ancestral way of life. Matt has recently been featured on Sean Baker's podcast, as well as episode 130 of the SupersetYourLife.com podcast. Matt and I discussed LDL and triglycerides, Alzheimer's disease, and lots of biohacking. Before we kick things off, our podcast review of the week is from Dr. Kevin Statham from Ohio, USA. Great episode, very motivating. Thank you very much for that, sir. That was on last week's business Q&A with Coach Mark. If Mark's talking, people are motivated, that's for sure. Mr. Kershaw, welcome to Carnivore Coach's Corner. What's new with you lately, mate? Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. It's good to come back onto your program. This is Carnivore, is it Carnivore Coach's Corner? Carnivore Coach's Corner. Not, Not to be confused with the SuperSateYourLife.com podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, it is on the other side of the world, so there was a slight issue there getting the time zone right, but we're on now and live, which is which is fantastic. And I think we got a lot of lot of things to cover today. It's going to be great. Absolutely. Um, so for those that are unfamiliar uh, that are unfamiliar with you, what led you to the carnivore diet in the first place? I think if anyone's on the carnivore diet, it is a bit of a it's a bit of a journey. Um, I think for me, it was. It was a long journey over a few years, just trying different things. So a little bit about me. Um, for about 20 years, I I didn't exercise at all up until I was 40. So I'm 46 now. Been on a, a bit of a journey for the last six years, but for 20 years, didn't work out. Um, I drank way too much, had a massive sugar addiction. Uh, I used to eat a lot of junk. And I know these things are... They're highly addictive. Um, when you realize it is an addiction and there are health issues, then I think when people have that realization and that the food is causing and the lifestyle cho choices are causing the issues, that's when we need to make changes. So that's what I realized. I had a bit of a health awakening at 40. I had looked at myself in the mirror, had a bit of a beer gut, skin looked terrible, had bags under my eyes, terrible dandruff. I used to get eczema. Sometimes it would cover up half my body. I'd have these terrible outbreaks. Um, yeah, lack of energy in general. I'd wake up in the morning just feeling really sluggish. Mm -hmm. So I reached that point and I thought, what can I do to change this? Is, is this a, a normal way of getting old or, or not? And I just had this visualization in my head of losing the beer gut and just getting really in shape. And maybe in the first time in my life, I thought, maybe I could actually have some muscle if I work out. So I started to make these small shifts. I didn't add that much more meat at that point, but I did cut out all the junk. I cut out the processed carbs. So I was eating a lot of bread. Breakfast cereals I cut out. I went 400% off sugar, which was a hard thing to do. I had still had cravings for probably a couple of years afterwards. 
Um, but I eliminated sugar. I cut out alcohol, which was a big thing. It really improved my sleep and my en energy levels and removed the beer gut. Um, so at that point, maybe three <laughs> or four years ago. Kind of, sorry to interrupt. It's, it's kind of a hot topic and like a, a popular trend. Just just like it's, it seems that letting alcohol go is the is the thing that most people are working on when it comes to their personal life. Yeah, it, it's, it's a big thing. If people can at least drink in moderation or drink just a couple of drinks in the week if they still some people still want to drink socially that's yeah. so much so much better than drinking every day you know yeah exactly i'm, I'm really, with you too. really I, messes everything up mess can yeah. mess up your, your hormones your sleep your, your personal life you know all sorts of things I, yeah I, I used to be a, a, a religiously every single night drinker and not a lot but mm. every single night and so um when I, when I, when I became carnivore, I just, after a while, just stopped wanting it. I don't, I, I just, exactly I, I, could just right. I could just, I could just tell, like it just, yeah. it just felt toxic. Like I felt, I felt, I felt relaxed, but I also felt kind of drugged. And so I found other ways to relax myself other than, oh, you know, I'm exactly the same. Bottles. If I have, I have a drink or two now on the weekend, I, I feel okay. But if there's any more than two, I, I get so tired. And then the next morning I'm just a little bit dazed and it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm working out or I have a busy work schedule the next day, it's just not worth it. So it's a good good reason to cut right down or cut it out completely. Sugar's the same. You're just in this foggy state um, and you just have these, these urges, these addictions, and you're always thinking about snacking and the next ice cream or cookie or muffin or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, it's very, very, it's, it's, as you know, like sugar is even more addictive than cocaine and heroin, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Crack cocaine specifically, apparently, is what I heard, is that it's been proven in rat studies. I don't know how that's measured, but it's, it's been measured. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's a difference. Yeah, we don't recommend either yeah. of them on this channel, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, was, where yeah. was I? I had that, I had a health awakening. I, started to mm -hmm. read and listen to podcasts just so much every day. It's just hours of content. Um, and I've done that over the years. That was before I did my Revero health coaching in carnivore and fasting. Uh -huh. It was a couple of years ago. So it was two years ago. I went maybe a year and a half, two years ago, I went full carnivore. Uh, maybe not a hundred percent, maybe 95. Like occasionally I'll have, um, a bit of fruit, a bit of honey. That's not something I actually need. I've, if I work out and have a bit of fruit, or if I don't, I don't notice the the differences. Do you, so you don't, you don't notice a bit of a treat once a week or something? Actually, I don't feel any difference. You don't, you don't notice any difference. Do you, do you, do you feel you don't, you don't, you don't feel like your performance is improved? You don't feel like it's less. You don't feel like your sleep is better, worse, even though you're introducing carbs intermittently. Yeah. I, if I if I have some fruit, it's once a week, so it's not not noticeable. I think if I was eating fruit every day, it would, that would be more noticeable. If it was going to be have more of a positive or negative effect, yeah. I do like dairy. I like raw milk, and I find the addition of that just keeps my body weight at at an optimum op optimal level. Because I find if I'm just a hundred percent only meat, I actually get too lean. <laughs> it might be my body composition, which is not a bad thing, but I just like just a tiny bit more weight, just even as two or three 
for, for me, the measurement's kilograms, so just a couple, two or three more kilograms. So for me now, I'm at that optimal weight. And if I have just a glass of milk every day that I seem to keep at that weight and I'm not too ultra lean, if you know what I mean, I like to have just a tiny bit more bulk. Um, yeah, can you oh, hear me now? Sorry, we, we, have a, we have a message just come through. Oh, yeah, I, I just said, I just said, sorry, just replying to a comment. Hi, Colton, Matt, yeah. smiley face. Thanks for doing this live. You betcha. Um, okay, question that I have for you, sir. I'm just dying to know what your perspective on is on this because this is another hot topic lately raw meat versus cooked meat. So I've been hooked on it. <laughs> and see nothing but benefits in terms of health, uh, body composition, sleep quality, satiety. What are your general thoughts about humans consuming raw meat? That's a really interesting question. I think our bodies are designed to eat both. We spend mm -hmm. early part of our evolution eating raw meat. That would have been two, two million years of evolution. I mean, that's a long time. And Humans have changed, I guess, we've changed a bit over the last couple of million years, but going back two million years ago, it's not, I think biologically, there aren't that many huge differences. And with our digestive system, it hasn't changed that much either. So we can tolerate and thrive off raw meat and also cook meat. Um, and there are differences, I think, between raw and cooked in terms of, of nutrients and protein mm -hmm. so you're going to get more nutrients from raw meat but cooking it will unlock more protein or make it even more bioavailable okay specifically taurine from what i understand is more bioavailable in raw meat than in cooked meat and so i'm wondering if as an athlete that you know tends to overtrain more so than undertrain, maybe mm. that's why my body is craving it a bit more than cooked meats because it's so it's it's like, hey, let's get the most nutrients that we can out of this. Yes, I think that's right. Uh, yeah, we have to listen to our bodies. And if we're craving something, there might be something in it that our bodies bodies generally need. And that's called intuitive eating, isn't it? You just go with how you feel. Yeah. Um, we were just talking before we hit the record button about how this is like the hardest way of living to teach but it's also the easiest way because it's, mm. it's the hardest way in the way that uh, a lot of what we what we talk about and what we do is is intangible it's like okay from you to get from point a to point b with your health from where you are to where you want to be that might be a macro number that might be a change that might be a change the amount of food that you're eating or in the type of food that you're eating but mm. we need to take a step back and go okay what's your sleep quality like if there's anything more important than your nutrition that's probably it um how's your stress levels throughout the day like what do you do for work how much time are you spending on your phone are you mm -hmm. uh, you know are, are, are you making sure that you get grounded every day like all these things add up and they play a big part hormonally into the food that you're actually taking in in the first place yeah that's right i'd see food as one of the the main foundations to good health um, but there's all these other factors that stack up on top of that. Like you, you mentioned a few there. I think getting out and getting some sun, that would be one of the foundational ones as well. Mm -hmm. Getting enough vitamin D, that's really going to help balance hormone levels. 
and it's going to help you absorb some some of the things that you're eating from the food but some of the some of the uh, vitamins and, and minerals um, so yeah you can see that health is yes there's a spectrum and it's the you know buzzwords holistic so I think we we need to look at setting up the foundations that's main I'd say the primary one is food um, another one's getting enough sun working out exercising actually moving and using your body how it's been designed that's I'd say those three are the the core foundations to good health and then we have all those other ones there's other ones that you mentioned on top of that I don't think for most people they think it's hard but if they see it in that way it's not not that hard at all 100% may I pull your opinion on what this lady should how this lady should address her blood levels her L, her LDL levels her high LDL levels to her doctor sure you, that's uh I think you sent that to me so I have it here that's yep. the her blood work and the readings for cholesterol that's right right so yeah just looking at this we can start with her the cholesterol levels 284 um if she went to a doctor they would say that's way above what it should be it's too high and it's in it's it's in a danger level and she would probably be be prescribed statins based on that level and then the her AD, LDL so yep um total cholesterol a lot of GPs they say if it's less than 200 um that is in the good range so hers is 284 so of course they'll go that is that's a red flag that's not good at all but we'll come back to that in a moment um because we need to look at all the other factors that go into the reading her LDL which is apparently the, the bad cholesterol, and we can go into that in more detail soon, is 176. Um, doctors would say it needs to be less than 100. HDL cholesterol, hers is 94. Um, ideally, it needs to be 60 or higher, according to mainstream health advice. So it is, it's in a good range. And triglycerides is another marker. So that's uh, the fat in the blood. Um, hers is 69. Um, a good level is less than 149. So that's her triglycerides are great. So if we look at all those things on the whole, we need to look at, which you can ignore the bad LDL cholesterol for, for now. HDL cholesterol is, is good, it's high. But triglycerides is a really good marker of, of health. So if we're comparing LDL cholesterol, which is high with triglycerides, which is low, it's all within a really healthy range. It would be an issue if the triglycerides were high and HDL levels were low. There's some really good markers of an underlying issue or perhaps heart disease. So all these different factors need to be read together. It's all part of it's all part of the same system. Yeah. We can't just look at LDL and go, oh, that's high. Here's some statins. It doesn't work in that way. Right. Yeah. So that's all within a very well balanced, metabolically healthy, ideal healthy range. And if so I look at that, I'll go, that's great. What are you doing? <laughs> Give me some of that. <laughs> what is <Right>. it? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. She, she she eats pretty she eats pretty much nothing but ribeyes every day. She's uh, tra- tra- training to become a women's physique competitor, and okay. and and she she looks great. She has an absolute she has an absolutely wonderful physique. And right. same so same if- thing same thing we were talking before before we started recording. We have we have we have we have another guy. Same thing. Hey, here's my LDL. Here, hey, here, here's here's my blood work. What do you think, doctor? Hey, you should get on statins. Okay, I'm also in my 30s, and uh, here's a picture of me. I mean, this dude looks like what every guy wanna looks wants to look like, right? <laughs> and so yeah. like the so the doctor's got to be receiving it on the other end, just going, "Whoa, I just told this dude that he needs to get on statins." Like that, you might want to double check those numbers or something. <laughs> I wonder what the doctor's thinking though, if they're sitting there and they've got a big they've got a big gut and they're looking at a picture of someone who's in peak human physique physical form, and they're going. Maybe they're right. What are they doing that's really working for them? Um, I think people need to question these things. If someone's obviously in peak form and they they look, they may be 30, 40, 50, and you see so many cases of people in their 50s and 60s and they're in peak form, they look great. But you just have to think, step back and think for a moment, what are they doing? What are they doing that's where they can look like that and they have constant energy and they can lift that much weight like there's got to be something to it, right? Yeah. Maybe I you think could people need to be asking more questions like, what are they doing? It's not just the exercise. It's what they're putting into their body, what they're not putting in their body. <laughs> yeah. um, just daily activity outside the gym, getting enough sun. You know, we more people need to be questioning these things and questioning the old outdated science behind reading things like cholesterol. Look at the entire picture, not just one marker. And be not just more one concerned market, about someone's key. health, not just selling a drug. I didn't say that out yeah. loud. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Health is <laughs> not, not really. yeah, exactly. Health is not just looking at one marker and then prescri- prescribing medication. We need to look at the full picture and we need yep. to do the readings in the right way. Hey, man. Thanks for that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, what, what else have you been up to lately, man? Like, what have you been doing? Yeah, I um, actually I had a bit of time off. I was off um, social media, which is it's great to go through a, a social media detox. And right, I yeah. I, I bet that felt Indonesia absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was over in Bali in Indonesia with a couple of friends. We are a couple of um, spearfishing and freediving friends. So I, I'm, I've got a, a bouldering climbing background. That's how I keep fit. So think of it like a a great full body workout, but also when it's warmer in the summer, um, I like to get in the water. So I do breath hold free diving. Can I get down to 20, 25 meters on one breath? So I went to Bali, took that skill set. I've been wow, free diving okay. for years, Could, took that. And then we- I had a go at spear fishing, which is basically you take a spear gun uh-huh. and you go deep down and then you hunt fish underwater. That's what it is which wow. was a fantastic experience. It was my first time. It took me a while to understand how to load the, the spear gun under the water. But once I worked that out, I already had the skill set for free diving. So I went down and it's such a great experience to hunt, but to hunt in the water and to read the fish's movements and to try to, to get a big fish because they're smart. Like they will feel the way you're moving in the water and they feel your energy. They, they take off. You know, 
You, you got so, you got to outsmart them. Have you ever have you ever been deer hunting? Because I'm, because I'm I'm just thinking like man like that that sounds like a blast. But I get major buck fever when I deer hunt. Man, I'm not gonna lie. Like just the like e even though I'm a carnivore and I eat meat every day. Yeah, man. Like I say that and I and I sound tough when I'm in my office. But man, when it comes to actually killing another animal, like I don't know what it is, dude. I just get really nervous. Like, do you ever have that happen when you're trying to shoot a fish? I don't know. Maybe fish are different. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the I guess the, the best way for the fish and for us is you just you, it's got to be a, a kill shot, like straight through the head. Okay, so similar ethics then. Yeah. Yeah, similar ethics. You just want to yeah, just just go for the quick kill. But also, I found if I speared it anywhere else, not the head, you get a lot of your fish, especially the fish are big they got a bit of a pull they they thrash around and when you're 20 meters down trying to pull a big fish up and it's thrashing around you, you feel it because you got to kick, kick up and pull it up <laughs> and i had that a couple of times i uh, i remember my very first spear when i got a fish and i was pulling it up i was like that that's got a bit of a pull like if i didn't have strong legs and a good kick that would be a bit of a struggle you know wow okay yeah um, and I have heard of people spearing and they get massive fish and they get pulled down. Um, it's in that situation, just let go of the spear gun. It's got a float on it. It will come up uh, most of the time. Um, but if you're in a difficult situation like that, just let go and just come up. Just let the fish go. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't need to be a hero. Right on. Yeah. Um, for, especially some of the bigger fish, like isn't, isn't a lot of nutrients in the, in, in, in the head? Like, eyes brains um, oh yeah a lot, a lot of the, a, lot, a lot of nutrients that you want so i mean eat the it's it's half of you just like all right i want to shoot this through the head but the but is the other half of you like all right well i mean as long as we put it out of its misery let's save the good stuff yeah exactly it, it, apply nose to tail to anything i think when it comes to fish uh, we, we caught i think one day we got five each and we had the biggest cook up we had a bit of sashimi and then we had fish cooked, cooked in different ways, but I, I ate the whole fish. I went for the eyes, everything. Um, <laughs> what, what, and what, are the, what do the eyes taste like? I don't think I've ever had fish eyes before. A little bit gooey. <laughs> but when they cook, they're still, yeah, a little bit gooey. <laughs> it's interesting, but it's because they cooked. It's You just think of it like just another part of the fish. Like a lot of, a lot of people might get turned off by their eyes. They don't really look like eyes when they cooked. You just, just eat them. It's more of a, it's right more on. of a perception or a mindset because there's so many different cultures that will eat nose to tail and they eat the eyes of the fish, and they'll say that is one of the best parts to eat. So that's it's yeah, just okay, a I was gonna perception say that we have in our modern society, Western sort of perception on on parts of animals that we should and shouldn't eat. Yeah, because there's there there's there's there seems to be a crowd that's that's like. You don't need any organs. All you need is muscle meats. All you need is raw, uh, raw muscle tissues. And they have all this science that backs it up. Mm. And then you have, then you have this other crowd that's like, no, you should be eating nose to tail. You should be eating all the organ meats. And then they have all the science to prove that. And um, here I am kind of going back and forth in the middle. And I'm like, I don't know, I'll go a month of having just muscle tissue. And so I'll stick to like mainly um, rib, ribeyes. I wish chuck steaks, chucks, chuck, chuck steaks are the poor man's ribeyes over here, <laughs> but they're like basically the same macro. I, I go for that too sometimes. Cut. It's great in a slow cooker. 
I mean, I love chuck steaks, dude. Like, yeah, the they're fat, great. The, the better. They're so bomb. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I find if people are... So, so I'll do that and I'll add them in. And it's, I'm just kind of curious. What yeah, you, I what find um, like it sort of touches awesome. on the subject of um, how to make eat this way of eating affordable. And I think at eating some organ meats as well, it's going to make it more affordable. I can buy you know, like a massive ox or cow's heart and it's next to nothing compared to a ribeye steak. Um, I think of that as a some backup food. I'll just leave it in in the freezer and just take it out when I need it. But the yeah, things like heart, you got liver, kidneys, they're pack full of yeah. nutrients even more than meat. And you're going to cover. They've got a new, different nutrient profile to just regular ribeye or or meat. You know, so I think if you add some organ meats here and there, it doesn't hurt at all. You're just getting a nutrient packet, and you're covering some nutrient bases that are not that high in in regular muscle meat mm -hmm. but they're like hit and miss it's like you can't have too much liver otherwise you'll overdose on vitamin a you can't have too much of one organ because it has too much of that but muscle tissue sure. seems to be i mean it makes i mean it makes sense we're made up mostly of muscle tissue so it would make so it makes and sense you can that... eat as much muscle meat as you can i guess until you feel satiated and full, you, you, there's no way to overdose on on meat, is there? Right. Um, something like liver, you'd have to eat a lot of liver though to get that vitamin A toxicity. I know there's a lot of people talking about that it can be dangerous, but you'd have to eat a lot. I mean, if you're liver king and you're eating um, <laughs> a, a liver about this big every day, I don't think he does. I think he just does that for the camera. But if you did eat that much liver, it, it <laughs> would does. be a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah but you'd have to eat a lot so i think if you add a little bit once a week once a month um it's not going to do any harm and that could okay. be yeah it could be just a few grams it's not going to do any harm at all so i think people shouldn't fear it if they're just adding it on occasion i had a sheep heart excuse me lamb um lamb liver and i did that all raw and to be honest, I think it was too much. It was it was a lot bigger of a liver than I thought it would be, and the heart was really small that we got that we got from the butcher. If I had to put the two together, man, I would say the heart was better. Just like slice it up like raw sashimi, raw sashimi. and then the the liver also too. The, the flavor was so good, but um, I kind of messed it up. Like I should have cut it into a bunch of smaller pieces and like spread it out or something because I think it was just too much for one day. I felt weird the next day. <laughs> How did you eat it? Did you just pick it up and just gnawed into it? <laughs> How did you do it? Oh, yeah. Just like with a fork, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, gotten kinda I've, I've gotten kind of lazy since starting the carnivore diet, man. That's what, that's what uh, Richard Smith in the UK, I was just, when I was, last time I was talking with him, we were, jo we were joking about how like it's it's just it's just what you fall into out of laziness. It's like, man, like you. Oh, it's you so easy to prepare stop and cook, isn't it? Yeah, there's nothing to it. Like it's, it's just meat and yeah. salt, and the less you cook it, the better. And so, just don't put any thought into it, and just eat till satiety. And your whole view on on food just changes after a while. You're you're, you're looking to eat what you know is going to optimize you and what's going to satiate you and nourish mm. you, and not give you that dope dopamine serotonin hit that you that you get when you you just That's put right. too many even even too many natural ingredients with it. It's like, oh ask her she knows like the, the best the best natural recipes yeah but it's still like a, it's still like 30 ingredients like that's that's asking your digestive system to do a lot you know cut all that out and just stick to meat and salt and man it relaxes your digestive system you're in a um i mean not like a semi-fasted state all day but fasting it's the same way right why does fasting work so good why do you have so much energy 
because you're not digesting food for a long time and that's taxing on yeah that's right that's right be on your digestive system the better you're off sure yeah if i just ate i I could eat meat and then 45 minutes i could work out um my body still might be digesting some of that but I, i feel fine but i know if i have rice or pasta i i did eat pasta about a week ago that was a big mistake it was a treat and I was sharing food with other people and that I just, I was knocked out. I had to nap. Wow. And that for an hour, it's just like, what's wrong? I was thinking that's a pasta. I'm just, I'm just out of it. Uh, yeah. And yeah. your body, that, that's going that, that, to, that's, that's why I don't do it. It's like, I just know it's never worth yeah. it. <laughs> it's not worth it. But your body's, body's working harder to, to digest, especially more processed food. And I think pasta is more, it's more on the processed end. Yeah. But for food. So, um, on, on that note, on the carbohydrate note, if we could please take a deep dive into, um, or a little dive into an, another topic, another hot topic, mm-hmm. uh, carbohydrates, speci- specifically Paul Saladino's view where you can, uh, where it, it can, where there's apparently science that clearly shows that it improves your testosterone, that improves your athletic performance as an athlete. Um, uh, that I'm just not noticing these benefits that my, my, my results personally have just been all the complete opposite, op- opposite of this. Um, I'm a bodybuilding coach. I'm not a scientist, but I'm certainly not aware of any science that backs this up. And, uh, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of curious, um, as to what your thoughts are on whether anybody should incorporate carbs and if they, and, and, and if, and if it's a matter of, um, should they, or can they just tolerate it? or uh, would it actually benefit them? I'm just kind of curious as to what your thoughts are on that. Mm. It's such an interesting topic. And there's so much debate in the community on carbs and how much we should eat and, or, or if we should eat, not eat them at all. So yeah, really interesting topic. If we just break it down with looking at the, our population that's in the US and Australia, it's around 93% of the population are unhealthy. They're metabolically unhealthy. They have some issue going on, even if it's low-grade inflammation, that would be in that bracket of being unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, in that situation, our bodies are not going to tolerate high levels of carbs. I think that our bodies, when they're with the blood um, glucose spikes during the day, if we're adding any sort of carbs, if that's sustained, if we're having, say, breakfast cereal in the morning and then white bread for lunch and then pasta for dinner, our bodies are under that stress we got those blood glucose spikes all through the day. So it's going to put our body under stress. It's going to lead to inflammation. It's going to, our hormones will start to be out of whack, especially if it's, that's ongoing for years. And that that's most of the population. They that eat that standard diet and they have high levels of, levels of carbs because they think that's healthy or what, maybe that's what they've been taught is healthy through just the basic food pyramid of having five or six servings of grains per day. But what if that's wrong? What if having all those carbs is causing all the health issues that we see today? Carbs and then all the processed food with chemicals and preservatives and all those things on top of that. But at the core of it, people shouldn't be eating high levels of processed carbs. If we're looking at the other 7% of the population that are metabolically healthy, they can tolerate carbs, but I would say not high levels of carbs. 
our bodies are, are not designed to incorporate and process and digest high levels of carbs. If you think going back millions of years, vegetables, if there were like some roots or things that we found, they would have been a backup food. The primary food would have been meat. And But if we didn't, we weren't successful on a hunt, there might have been berries, but that would have been some parts of the year when they're in season, only for a couple of weeks. And then a starvation backup food would have been some roots and tubers. So we... Oh, through our evolution, we weren't eating high levels of carbs. Our bodies are not designed to tolerate high levels. Again, coming back to people that are metabolically healthy, that 7%, we can tolerate some, but not high levels of carbs. Um, someone like Paul Saladino, I think he can get away with it because he's highly, highly active. He surfs, he works out, he does lots of calisthenics. He does that through the day. So he's burning through that glucose. And then he's he's adding more carbs back in and he's putting his, his stores are being replenished. But I think for the average person, it, if you're having that, say 200 or 300 grams of carbs, they have to go somewhere, don't they? If you're not burning through them, they're going to be converted to fat. It's going to be stored in your body as fat. So yeah, overall, I would say if you're metabolically healthy, if you're in that 7% bracket, if you think it's going to help your performance, like why not just add some, if it's 20, 30, 40 grams, it's not a high amount. See how you go. That could be a piece of fruit. We've got some carbs in milk, raw milk and dairy. If you maybe have some berries, if you feel like you want to add some, go ahead, see how you feel. I think having 30, 40 grams per day is not that much, but if it's in the 200 to 300 gram sort of range that's that's huge and if you're not burning through it where does it go exactly my, my my thoughts on it yeah so yeah. To, so ba basically so basically to summarize is i guess my, my whole perspective and in, in, res in response to it too is, for, is is from this is really from the same angle which is just mm. are you are you trying to see what you can get away with or are you really trying to see what's optimal if you're trying to see what's optimal i mean i have not this since i've been fat adapted and since i've been since i've been carnivore for the last couple of years now and been strict carnivore for the last six nine months i'm mm. seeing when, whenever i do add carbs in i'm seeing absolutely no benefit to it whatsoever and and, and it's just nothing but downsides anymore but uh, but but again I'm, ste I'm stepping back and looking at the big picture too it's like let's just give it the benefit of the doubt and say okay yeah you 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 ingest 50 grams of carbs in the in the in the in the, in the form of anything i don't know uh sugar um uh fruit whatever and let's say that even even it does even even if it does um give you some sort of an athletic benefit what does it do to your mental clarity what does it do to your sleep what does it do to the rest of your health markers let's not look at just one metric here again just like we were talking about before sure i think if anyone wants to try it try and just really pay attention to how your body feels, especially during a workout. Yeah. And if you don't see any benefits, then what's the point of adding it? Cause your body can, uh, if you're having fats and protein that they're the essential nutrients, aren't they? That's all your body needs. Mm -hmm. And to be completely can, can be fat adapted. And like, for example, I can work out for two hours and if I just eat meat, I can go two hours. I don't get tired and I wake up the next morning. I'm not sore. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I found that just being street carnivore for a while, I'd wake up in the morning and feel rejuvenated and not sore. But I remember when I was adding, this was years ago and I was eating a lot of vegetables and kale and things like that. Oh man, and I would do the kale phase too. Morning, I'd be so tired and sore. And, yeah, like, and you're so proud of yourself after you finish that, that after that, you finish that kale shake too, because like, you're not going <laughs> to eat it, you know, like you got to blend that up so that your body like can up. do something with it. <laughs> it's not a real food. No. <laughs> Our ancestors didn't have blenders in the, in, out in the desert or jungles, did they? Yeah. I don't think there are a yeah. lot of people eating kale back no. then. <laughs> and I used to feel good if I was sore, I'd wake up like, oh, that was a good workout. And I wouldn't be able to move my arms and my chest was so sore and tight, but like, yeah, that's great. Like I'm building muscle now. Yeah. <laughs> but now I, just being... I, I used to do that too. I used to put them in my post-workout shakes. I used to, this was, this was right after, this is like before bodybuilding, before I knew really anything about nutrition. I was just listening to what they said on bodybuilding.com and stuff, you know? And so my, so my post-workout shakes was like, a protein shake and then a whole bunch of fruit blended up into it and then like a banana and then like I, would, I was adding dextrose into it because that's supposed to spike your insulin even higher and so like that was some milk and then um oh and, th and then yeah and then I would throw my greens in there too I'm like whatever there's so much other flavor like I can't even taste it and I was doing I was doing that until until I started learning bodybuilding until, until I started learning a thing or two about nutrition <laughs> and eating real food like I, I've never actually never seen the point to protein powders unless people don't have access to meat no you know? I, I, I sell protein powder on my website and i just try to tell people i just try to talk people out of it i'm a i'm a terrible protein powder salesman bro <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like no like you should just just don't you don't need protein powder man there are there are people out there like i had a chat with someone online wasn't a client but he's in the philippines he said he doesn't have access to high quality meat and if it's meat it's chicken um is not that much around and it's expensive. I said, well, in that situation, you might consider protein powder. But, you know, generally, if we have access to meat, it's fairly cheap and it's plentiful everywhere. Just eat meat. It's full of protein. Yeah. You got, you're getting, or you get a nutrient packet on top of that as well. Yeah. And then, and, and then if, and if, if you're, the, the more, the more that you're actually giving your body the nutrients that, that, that it needs, then the, the less ingredients you end up cooking with to begin with. And so, like, yeah, here again, look at the big picture. Ground beef costs this much per pound. Okay. And then a plant-based diet costs, I don't know. I've never been on a plant-based diet. never care to. <laughs> and so are you comparing things at face value? Or again, are you looking at the big picture? Okay. How much goes to waste if you're on a plant-based diet? Probably a yeah. lot. I don't know. Yeah. Or even or, yeah. or any other diet, like particularly the standard, standard American diet. Like most people go to the grocery store and they buy, and, and, and they buy oh, this looks good. That looks good. That looks good. And we'll see what the family likes. Mm. Okay. That versus a primal way of eating is you're going to use everything that you have. It's the only ingredients that you really oh, have. hundred percent. Really simple. You get really in tune with how, with, with what everybody's eating in the household. It's not just me. It's my wife. It's my family. This is, this is, this is, this is what we do. It's our lifestyle. Sure. I remember back in the days when I had a fridge packed full of vegetables, kale and spinach and broccoli and you name it, had everything. Mm -hmm. A lot of that stuff used to go to waste. I couldn't get through it all. Same as fruit. I used to over purchase and have, huge bowl full of fruit it looked used to look great and i'd snack on that here and there this is you know going back five six years yeah man we so grew up in a waste too. It's like a waste of food with meat if i buy too much it's chucked in the freezer i've i eat everything none yeah. of it goes to waste even like the crappiest bit of um fat you know it's not really edible i'd, I'd eat it you know I, i'm gonna eat everything yep
what do you what do you do for your, what do you do for your fats? That's kind of the that's kind of the tricky part is as as a carnivore, especially as a composition coach. And I know that most that oh. I, I don't I don't think you you probably don't get like the athletically like composition minded clients the way the way that I do. Most people come to me like after they've already fixed their autoimmune issues and everything. It's like okay, now let's get into some shape and see what we can like. I want to do it. I want to do a show or whatever. But what have you? I'm sorry. Where was I going with that? <laughs> uh fats oh yeah so um uh, fat and protein ratios super important for like my day my day-to-day work right so sure so if you have clients what what, what sort of ratios you're looking at well ideally for them uh so adding protein is is always is always the is, is excuse me adding fats is always kind of the tricky part to the puzzle so let's just say for example um that uh this uh lady named sarah says hey I weigh 150 pounds and I want to get to 130 pounds and I'm tracking my macros right now and I'm eating um, 200 grams of carbs, 130 grams of protein and like 80 grams of fat. So mm. without even caring about what the calories are, first thing that I'm going to do is figure out where the lean body mass is at. So her lean body mass is probably like around 115, 120 grams. So mm. her fats, I always want that. I always want them to be higher for sure. Want them to be higher. And so if she's, if her goal is to cut, I'm probably going to start her off at even lower protein than that. Just temporarily quite a bit of a um, higher amount of fat. So probably like anywhere from 170 to 180, depending on like the, re- what the rest of her day looks like. Mm. And then from there, um, bring the ratios together and see where see when she gets out of ketosis. Cause she'll be in ketosis for sure. It might take a couple of days. It might take a couple of weeks. It's different every time. Yeah. But we'll but we'll sit, but we'll we'll start with those macros, and then I'll push the protein envelope and bring the fat down and just trade them gram for gram again, like completely putting putting calories out the window. Nothing screws us up faster than when you throw calories into it. So if you just look at the grams and that's it, then bring the the grams as close as you can to each other so that the proteins is as high as that you can get it without knocking them out of ketosis. Once you figure out where that what that is, that's their protein threshold, and so then we titrate down together. Um, until they get to a point to where they're either shredded and like ready for their show or they get to a point because like like here again most people um for me are more performance minded than well mm-hmm. no we're performance and health minded but um cap the all, all capital l's on the performance minded <laughs> so um that's usually where i would go with it so anyway um sorry long, long roundabout way of basically saying that the that the 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 goal and the missing puzzle piece is always to add fats in. And I think it's because I work with so many athletes that that, that everybody just has high expenditures and the normal day-to-day carnivore people that are just like, Hey, I just want to lose 10 pounds and just feel better. And I don't really care about my muscle mass or, 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 or what I look like on stage or anything. Um, those are kind of, those are kind of the people that uh, it just seems like our fats always need to be higher, especially to be in ketosis. So like right. for me, for, for me, like I'm savage. I, I don't really care. I'm just like a do it and get it done kind of guy. So like, I just eat pretty much nothing but butter for my fats. If I'm eating fatty meat, I get to have put a little bit of butter on it. If I'm eating really lean meat, I put a giant piece of butter on it. That's about as much thought as I put into it <laughs> right now. <laughs> you cut, you're covering, you cover you in a basic way. You're covering your bases. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 I think with fat, I, can come down to people's preferences too. Um, butter's fantastic. We've got tallow. There's your ghee. There's 
lard. Yeah, there's so many different types of fats that we can cook in. I think it's always good to add a lot more if you if you have a lean cut of meat. So you're yeah. cooking a lot more butter than usual, like like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of meat as well that is has very high fat content. So for me, I'll buy a range. I have some lean meat, but usually I go for the fatty cuts. Like I love them. Beef ribs, mm -hmm. really fatty. Um, you got ground beef. Even I think, the, I think most people would agree with you if they get honest with themselves, but most people just they they they, they just can't stomach the fat of the, the fact of fat because we've been conditioned so long. Yes. That is yes. bad for you. Just mm. we've been told our entire lives is bad for you. And we're like, you know what? No, I can't eat that part of the steak. No, dude, that's the part of the steak that your body really needs. Eat it. Enjoy yes, it. With a smile it on your face. It's not that hard, man. It's freaking good. You could eat it's, it's, it's way better than a deep, Snickers bar. <laughs> yeah, it's such a deep, um, deep conditioning, isn't it? To yeah. cut the fat off a steak. Uh, to not eat any fat at all. Like I used to be repulsed by it when I was even. 15, 10 years ago, mm -hmm. I would cut the fat off everything until I spent some time. I lived in Vietnam for a few years and people ate really, really fatty cuts of pork. And I used to cut the, the fat off and I had locals say, what are you doing? That's the best part. Yeah. Like, really? And then I started to listen to them like they're onto something. If this is a, <clears throat> a national dish and they're being eating it for thousands of years and they say it's good. Maybe it is, and maybe we're conditioned. After a while, I thought we're conditioned to think that fat's bad. Never had any issues eating that fat, and then after that, I just had cravings for fat. Mm -hmm. I think once you start, it's and you get over the, that conditioning and sort of reverse that, and you realize fat is actually the opposite. It's good. <laughs> it it's delicious. Yeah. And here, and here yeah. again, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a Bible scholar or a historian by any means, but I'm pretty sure that most of the time that the word fat is used throughout the Bible, it's like the most precious part of it. Like it refers to the choice cuts or the actual mm. best part of the meat. And it's always a fatted calf that they slaughter, never a skinny calf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you just <clears throat> survive off lean protein, <clears throat> sorry, just get some water. If you're surviving off lean protein, um, you know, you've heard of rabbit starvation. If you just survive off rabbits with no fat, you could probably die from that. You need you need some fats. Yeah. And the ideal source is animal fats. Um, you can't. Some people do well on a keto diet with a lot of avocados, but just think, well, yeah, you got to eat a lot of avocados and you got to eat a lot of fatty type <clears throat> vegetables to get enough fats in your diet with animal fats um they're very filling very satiating and they really help transport nutrients through your body too you're getting again getting a whole great packet if you have a fatty cut of meat you right get fats you get the protein you get nutrients and the fat's going to help the nutrients yeah be transported around your body so again <laughs> eat meat easy <laughs> Here, 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 here we go again. You take a, that's a nice glass of wine you got there. <laughs> Just the, the, the color, the color it looked like, looked like wine that threw me for a loop. But, but here again, as carnivores, we always got to uh, take, take a step back and look at the entire picture too. It's like, yeah, yeah it's like, yeah, okay. If you, if you have um, a larger volume of food, but it's a plant-based fat, AKA an avocado versus a smaller volume of food, which is like butter or tallow, for example, um, you, 
regardless of how you feel after a minute, give it a couple hours. You're going to be hungry if you have not if you had an avocado a couple hours ago. Uh, my ex, my experience because up because dude, like everything I do is clockwork, man. Like I'm a I'm my own lab, right? <laughs> I'm my own lab rat. Every every single day, I'm I'm no, I'm, no, I'm noticing differences. In, well, awesome. And, yeah. and what and what I throw in because I'm yeah basically eating nothing but red meat right now. I'm on the lion diet and I'm pretty I'm, and I'm actually pretty strict with it. I even went so far as to cut keto bricks out just temporarily so that I could troubleshoot like one food at a time and see like exactly how I feel the next day. If I'm still in ketosis, like what that does to my sleep. I'm not wearing it right now, but I'm wearing an aura ring so that I can get as detailed as I can with that. Mm. And if and I mean even if someone's eating here again more fat or more energy uh, from a piece of butter than they are an avocado. I'm putting my I'm putting my money on the guy that's eating the butter to have better digestion and better health and better adherence and like actually be on his diet four weeks from now than the person that is uh, that's that, that that's 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 a that's a very extreme example. I mean, we're splitting hairs mm. right now, you know, but we, uh, but 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 here, but here but here again, all these little things and all these little practices add up. And just because something says that it's 14 grams of fat on paper man, that goes into your head and, you, and and then it's like, it makes it hard to eat uh, like actually really good nutrient dense food that your body needs in the first place. And if you would just eat to satiety and eat to what your body needs and just be done with it and not worry about the numbers on the paper, I think that that's a healthier, more sustainable approach long-term. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, again, it comes back to to perception and what we've been taught from early childhood onwards, especially if we grew up in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, even uh, that fat is is bad and eating fat makes you fat. Um, there's so much information now, like especially the last four or five years with keto and now carnivore, which I see is like uh, more of an extreme end of keto, zero keto, uh, zero carb. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah, it's it's just I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, with you, I'm with you there too. That's kind of the joke here. It's like, man, my my my, my dog my dog is a carnivore, and she's more relaxed on this diet than I am. You know, it's like right. eat a piece of grass or like you know, freaking food that the kids drop off of the table. It's like a I don't know a piece of a sandwich or something, and we keep the carbs into a minimum in this household overall. You know, nobody's just sure. like strict nothing but red meat like I am. But sure, I think if <laughs> someone's someone's looking to lose weight if they can just switch that idea in their head that fat isn't bad it's not going to make them fat that fat eating fat can help you burn fat yeah and get into that fat burning mode yep if they just switch that in their head i mean think of how many people are obese in our society and if they just got onto eating more fat in their diet if it's an avocado like great place to start eventually hopefully they end up with eating more animal fats too some people got to start somewhere right so but right. if they're eating more fat in their diet and they're in that state of ketosis i mean that's a just a sort of magic easy magic formula to weight loss yep i've worked with clients that again. Lose, lose five or six kilo kilograms in one week just because they they've lost that water weight they've in that state of ketosis once that once they've hit that that water weight just comes off so quickly within a matter of days yep yep comes right off and here again right we off. got and here again we got to step back and look at the big picture too like realistically if somebody says hey i'm considering putting avocado in my diet man that's like the last person that i have to worry about that's the kind of person yeah. that <laughs> you know that, that yeah. is on there like that's a good question to get like it's like someone, that's, that's, 
that's a good start. Give it a few more months or a year, and maybe, yeah. maybe you're, you're, that'll evolve into something else. You'll be eating more animal fats. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's a start. At least they're not they're they're not eating, you know, consuming seed oils and processed garbage, sugar. Yeah, um, I'm like you're better than ninety nine percent. Just gotta get people, off that bro. to start with. Yeah, yeah. They're the they're, they're the killers. They're the killers. Processed carbs, sugar, seed oils. If people can eliminate them, they're on. They're doing better than most of the population. Everything else just kind of eventually falls into place into that. Like your yeah. body gets your body gets real smart and figures it out. Sure. And people just need to be open to learning. And we've, we just have, we have, we're living in such a great time. We have access to so much information about these types of things. Yep. We, um, I mean, growing up, I didn't have access to all these podcasts and books and this information wasn't around. Like if someone's growing up now or they're looking to reverse some health issues, there's so much information they can look up. A lot of it's going to be a contradiction, but if they find a path where it's maybe keto to start with, or they just go straight into animal-based or carnivore. Fantastic. There's just so much information on YouTube and podcasts and books. There is. And you just have to fact check it. And how do you do that? You, you, you're, you're, you're your own lab rat. If it's, if it's working for you, great. Look at your blood results, ask your doctor. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, we're all different. And so yeah. what works on paper for one person might always not work for someone else. And you don't always find the answer right away. Sometimes it takes you a while to figure it out. Sure. Um, our body's a barometer. Just listen to it. If you feel like you've got a lot of energy, you're sleeping better. Uh, you don't need to snack during the day. You're not getting these binges and urges to eat sugar and carbs. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yep. Absolutely. What's the hottest project that you have been working on? Hottest project. I don't, I don't think I have a, a hot project at the moment. Um, I think when what it is, just comes to, like, I'm, I know exactly what I'm doing when it comes to eating, but when it comes to working out, it's always, I always like to explore. Yeah. So, yeah, that new new one that I mentioned was getting into spearfishing, underwater hunting. Yeah, but when it comes to climbing, that's my main thing. Like, I really enjoy it's like an intellectual challenge when I do that too, because you got to work out the best, the best way to get up the wall. And there's one that one way that's highly efficient and effective compared to any other way. And a lot of the time you need to try the wall 10, 20, 30 times until you get it right. So it's all about getting your body to move in the most efficient way. There's lots of, uh, you got to pay attention to your body weight and where your legs and arms are positioned because a lot, lot of the time you have to stretch your body out and you have to balance yourself in a way where everything's going to hold. You're not going to slip. But also you're not putting so much strain on, on your muscles because you, you don't, you don't want to tank out and burn out. And sometimes to get to the top, it's going to take a while. It's a lot of effort. So I've, it's always like a project to me. I'm always learning new things to get to the top in the most effective way without burning out before I get to the top. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy doing that because I, if I climb, I'll, if I'm in the mood and I'm loving it, I'll go for two, two and a half hours without much rest. I'll climb, I'll rest for one or two minutes and then get on and do another, another climb. And that's just continual for two and a half hours. I, I feel great. That's my, my ongoing life projects on top of spearfishing. <laughs> 
not to put you on the spot on, rec- on recording or anything, but man, in like three months or six months or something, can I reach out to you and say, hey, let's have a talk on mindset. How do you get to the top? What do you do when you, what, what, what how do you keep yourself going when you feel like quitting? Can we have that conversation on the super Let's do that. I mean, all we right. all, we can all relate to that, right? Where <laughs> life's was full of ups and downs, but to maintain that positive mindset and to be, try to be in peak performance all the time. I think that's, that's a challenge. That's, hey, that's, that's a great topic. Yeah. Where can, where can our listeners go to reach out to you? I know that you do one-on-one consultations, right? I do. So everyone can find me on Insta at Primer.Ancestral. So it's P-R-I-M-A dot Ancestral. And there's a link in my bio uh, if people want to book themselves in. I do free 15-minute initials. And then afterwards, we can book in for a one-hour more detailed consultation. So that can be booked in online. And as your listeners are aware, I'm in Western Australia. We just need to work out the time zone differences if I do have a session with someone. Um, and that's easy to do. I've had clients in the US before. I had a couple of different clients in California recently. We just worked out the time zone and that was fine. So we can do that online. And there are a couple of other things that I'm selling through my page as well. I've just added um, some beef tallow. For right uh, things that people can purchase. Uh, uh, and, I was going to... I was going to say, it better not be protein powder because we just kind of blew that out of water a while ago. <laughs> awesome. I just, I just, I just received a batch because I make my own, but I've, I just run out. So, do you um, use it? It's for... great, to, great to have this great. Like it's, it's delicious. It's good to have backup. So, uh, uh, do, do, do you use it for skincare as well, or just, or just for, or, or just for consumption? For cooking, that's actually, I, I do want to make my own tallow balm. Um, or you know, moisturizer. Not for me. I know a couple of people that have been asking for it, so I might, I might have a go at at making that. It doesn't it doesn't seem to be too hard. Yeah, we, we got a local we got a local friend that makes it, and it's great. Yeah, man. like it's 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 like it's it's my hair gel. It's my it's my it's my face lotion, man. My skin has just been get, get, been getting better ever since I use it, and I'm pretty sure the only ingredient is tallow, and I don't know, maybe one or two other things, but. Yeah, my, damn, I should, my, my damn dog won't stop licking my face, though. That's the only downside. Yeah. <laughs> I should try it. Like, I'll make it and use it too. Because I now it's getting warmer in Western Australia. It's um, I, I'm at the beach a lot too. I get a lot of sun. I think it'd be great for dry skin if I'm getting a lot of salt and sun. And you know, there's not much hair here. It can dry out too. So. Yeah, I was I, say, I just, just just cover everything. If 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 you're if you're bald, you're de- you definitely uh, I don't recommend it as hair gel. You want your money back for sure. I, I I need maybe I can just massage my scalp. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my bald head. <laughs> we were because yeah. it, it it was morning for you when we were about to record and. And I and I felt so bad because yeah, double check your times, everybody. We were we were a couple hours off, and so sorry again about being late on this one. But, um, but but I was like, man, like I would have a bad hair day, and just uh, oh no, I mean no problem here. Okay, great. But um, we, we 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 got the time a little bit mixed up. It was an hour out. Um, I thought I was going to be on an hour later than what I should have been. So it was about <laughs> yeah. just before seven. I was just getting out of bed, <laughs> check my messages, like, and you you said. Matt, you're ready to get on in half an hour. I was thinking, <laughs> half an hour or an hour and a half? Yeah. It's like, well, I, maybe I should get ready. We're going to start early. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we, then we started at 7.30, my time, not 8.30. That was that was completely fine. I was fine to 
go. Oh, God bless you for that, man. Yeah, like, because we're, I, we're straight into it. Because I just called my wife and I was like, "Hey, babe, we're gonna be starting uh, a bit later because <laughs> she's she's out of the house with the kids, which is why it's quiet. So they'll be they'll be back in a minute." But okay. Um, <laughs> but she but she was like, but I was like, babe, what would happen if you asked me in the morning, hey? I need, uh, uh, hey, excuse me, what, what would my reaction be if you said, hey, you have a meeting starting right now? I would be like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't care what kind of a meeting it is. It can wait about two hours. <laughs> I'll, I'll be ready to talk to anybody then. But until then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I was like, I should now. at least put a shirt on and wash my face. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're... You're too kind. Thank, thanks for thanks for asking our questions, man. Th thanks thanks for just uh, here again, help helping me underst under, understand some of these things in a way that um, I just this isn't what I went to school for, man. You know, and uh, and 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 you've, you've you've helped me, you've helped our clients, just like everything that you everything that you that you've been saying, we've been putting into practice, and mm. uh, I, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate it. So I'll check in with you in a, in, a, in, a few, in a few months. I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about. Yeah, it'd be great to come on again and and cover some some other topics. Thanks a lot. That was great. Good discussion. Yep. I think we covered a, a, a few, a few different things there. Yep, absolutely. Well, yeah. I'm gonna we'll say you. I'm gonna say good night, and you, sir, have a wonderful rest of your day. And <laughs> we'll check in on a different day slash evening. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much. Have a great night, Colt. Thanks, brother. You too. Okay. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's session, everybody. Thanks for listening and make sure to let us know what you thought. You can do that directly from your podcast app or DM Mark or myself on the gram. You can also email your feedback questions for us and more on specific topics you'd like us to teach on next. TikTok. If you are on TikTok, we are too. We are at Carnivore Coaches Corner. We're throwing out bite-sized carnivore tips from top nutritionists and coaches just like Matt Kershaw athletes that are putting into practice what we are preaching on this channel and lots more lately we've been busting bad coaches that spread misinformation so big warning if you are a bad online coach spreading misinformation we will call you out if you need some gym motivation look no further than our workout podcast called the supersetyourlife.com podcast we are quickly approaching 200 episodes over there and it's available on the same platform you're on now. Just type Superset Your Life, all one word, just like that, into your search bar, and you'll see our black and white podcast logo pop up. It's a podcast specifically recorded to listen to while you work out. We regularly interview professional bodybuilders and judges, top nutritionists, leadership experts, and stand-up comedians, and also top athletes from supersetyourlife.com. We keep the focus on health-first bodybuilding, faith, and family. My wife Taylor and I are the hosts of this show as of three years and growing. Coach Mark Ennis has been an enormous part of all we do there as well. Mark and I are both on Instagram and offer private one-on-one -on -one consultations as well as coaching services. Links to scheduled coaching calls can be found on our Instagram bios or in the show notes of this podcast. One last reminder before we sign off, leaving a review just takes about 10 seconds. If you're on Spotify where you can see the show notes, for example, right below that it says Q&A. And bam, just like that, you can tell us exactly what you think. And we will respond when we record the following week, either by reading your review or by discussing the topic that you'd like to know more about or getting to work on whatever critiques that you have about how we can continue to improve our show. And that's how we communicate as a dialogue, not a monologue in this intimate conversation back and forth called Carnivore Coaches Corner. Share this with a friend if you found it helpful and we'll catch you next week 
on session number 25.